This is a Salt Hill Media original podcast. Hello, welcome to the Galway podcast. This is Fender Jackson. This week's guest is Neve Ryan. Neve and I have a lovely conversation where we, well, I get a big education. We discuss a lot of women's issues and from my input, you'll see my severe lack of knowledge in this area. I was always very poor at biology at school and that has actually extended to my adulthood. So apologies for my idiocy at times. There's a great saying, it's better to be silent and be thought of as a fool than to open your mouth and remove any doubt. So I asked some stupid questions here, I'm sure. However, there's probably other people out there who are listening to this and going, I didn't know that either. So that's grand. It's for you people that I am speaking up for. I am also being a bit of a devil's advocate in many areas here. Um, So not only am I a champion for people, but I also think I should speak up and ask questions and ask for evidence whenever things are being said. Otherwise, anything can be said. Isn't that right? But yeah, Neve handles herself very well. This conversation was recorded on the 1st of December 2023. It's only going out live now because there's been a couple of episodes that could have done with a bit of a Christmas boost. So they got pushed in in front of this one. I guess I should say that there's some things in this that maybe are a bit adult so that's something that you might want to bear in mind if you've got little kids running about and you would prefer that you don't hear this okay let's go straight to that chat band wrap it up this is the Galway podcast hello who are you and what do you do? I'm Nee Ryan. I am a sex, love and relationship coach here in Galway. Um, I have been working in predominantly women's health for over the last two and a half to three years. Um, and yeah, I moved here to Galway last year to set up my business. Um, I've mostly been online up until about two weeks ago where I've now opened my own wellness centre in the Lisbon Industrial Estate. So that's who I am at the moment. Um, I am a hiker, a yogi. Um, I love anything outdoors. I'm also big into meditation, energy work, um, self-development. I'm all the things. <laughs> no, I, I'm going to have to break down all of this, but the, the one word out of all of that that jumps out... <laughs> Is yogi, I've heard that before. <laughs> what is a yogi? So a yogi, I mean, I think it's more of a label than anything else, but a yogi is somebody who's just really big into yoga and doing yoga on kind of a daily basis, the lifestyle of a yogi. Um, now, to be honest, I don't follow all the, um, what would we say, the lifestyle opportunities of a yogi, but I follow some of them. I, I practice almost every day and that's what the center is. It's a yoga center or that's what it's starting off as. Anyway, it's going to evolve over its time here in Galway. <laughs> Brilliant. So, um, Neve, very welcome to the podcast. And I should say that you're here because you've written to me. Yes. And I, I am very encouraging of people to do this mm-hmm. because, um, you know, 
we all need a break. We yeah. we all need a, a bit of a hand up, you know. And so you wrote to me and you asked, could you come on? Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, let's do it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> and yeah, anybody else who's listening to this um, who wants to come on to the Galway podcast, please get in touch. Go to salthillmedia.com and find out whatever the email address is because I can't remember. Okay, so you're a love, a sex, love and relationship coach. Yes. Did I get that right? Is there something missing out of those three main elements? It's also I'm part of kind of it's an overall women's health and women's empowerment is really what I do. Um, But those are the three main kind of topics I'm working with at the moment and have been and have been seeing coming up a lot with women. Mm. And realistically, they're all connected to one thing. Mm. And that's the relationship to our own body. Okay. Okay, I wasn't expecting you to say that. I was expecting you to say relationship to the partner, but but you're, I can see what you're meaning, yeah. Yeah, and this is the thing, right? We have grown up in a world where we believe that our relationships with another, which are beautiful and are very important in this world, is the most important relationship. And actually, what we have forgotten is they're the external kind of, let's say, reflection. They're the external mirror of who we are. So like they get our love, we give, you know, our attention to, and we forget about the self. And for so many, what I'm seeing is, and I don't want to necessarily go down a, you know, a negative route in terms of like talking about different relationship dynamics, but what I can see happening for so many people is that they become very dependent on one another. Mm -hmm. Codependency. Codependency is a big thing. It's also, you know, we mold ourselves in belief that this is what the person wants. Mm -hmm. And what happens is we forget a little part of ourselves and we forget about our own body and we forget about our own let me say, daily happiness and pleasure. Mm. And I mean joy when I talk about the word pleasure. I mean the word joy and happiness and fulfillment. Mm. And I see it so often where we have forgotten and let's say the relationship breaks down and then either one, if not both parties are then completely lost. And it's like, not to say that breakups would be easier if you had a better relationship with your body, but it's like, you also have to be very sovereign in the thing of like, I'm here, I've got me, I love me. Mm-hmm. rather than being like I'm unlovable now that I'm no longer in a relationship or I can't find love or I can never keep love it's nothing to do with those relationships that you have brought into your life it, they're actually a reflection of like well, how deep do you love yourself mm-hmm. and I find this really big in the space particularly for women as well as men I personally have only started working more in the realms of men recently but I mostly work with women right now um, and I see it because a lot of them become mums. And when you become mums, not only are you putting your partner first, you then put in like all your kids first. Mm. And then you're running around and you're trying to find time for yourself. And the idea of sitting on Instagram and telling people telling you to have self-care and self-love and you're like, leave me alone. I want to sleep, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and I see that so often. And it's like it's about coming back of like, where is your peace? Where can you find a little bit of time to just breathe? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's really interesting when we come back to the body and we see our relationship with our own body and then we look at the reflection of what's happening outside. So, you know, when you aren't feeling good in yourself, 
bad things start to happen in terms of like maybe something in the job goes wrong and you're more stressed out or something happens there's an argument in the relationship or your kids are all of a sudden angry at you for no reason and you're not sure a lot of the time if we look back in ourselves we're like oh actually hold on I see what's going on here Mm. so yeah it's it's a lot of people don't expect me to say that when I'm talking about this stuff and they're like oh you're thinking about relationships with everybody else but actually the biggest and most important relationship is here it's mm. with you and what I say to my clients is like you are your greatest love story okay and we aren't taught that I like that yeah I'm I'm now I'm going to be devil's advocate a That's lot okay. yeah so um <laughs> There's no shortage of people out there to ruin your day. No. Yeah. So whether you're Mm -hmm. running late for school and you're trying to get in to get your kids into school and you're knocking the door and then somebody comes to the door and say, we can't let you in Mm -hmm. because uh, you got to go through the other door. But there's no sign there. Mm -hmm. This happened to me this morning. I was thinking, why isn't there a sign there? And I was like, okay, okay. But um, I was just thinking, we're already late. So the kids mm-hmm. are a bit stressed. You know, we, they yeah. want to get to class and, you know, we have to go walk around to the other side of the building. So that's just one example. There's no shortage of people out there to ruin mm-hmm. your day. And how do you manage that? Between if it's a reflection on you or not, or how you manage the reaction you have to it. I think the latter. Yeah. So this is where almost, and when people hear this, they kind of, they're like, what? It's almost like a non, it's a non-attachment theory. When you know it's not about you, you don't react, you respond. So when we're triggered by something, so um, let's say it's a past childhood memory, like maybe not a good one, or maybe it is a good one because we can be, I like to say, activated by both. Um, but let's say, you know, somebody starts screaming at you and that brings up an old wound or something, a trigger in the body and you instantly go into defense mode right but actually what they're saying even though they're saying it to you actually has nothing to do with you yes there is a part of ownership and responsibility we have to look at maybe you said something or it's you know something happened but it's the way you respond is what we need what we navigate with my clients so what I say is that when somebody's sometimes when they're screaming at you or like as you said like telling you to go to the other door it's about how you feel in that moment how does your body feel does it feel like it wants like has it contracted do you feel really defensive do you feel like you want to jump in that is usually some form of past how do you you manage that um it's through different techniques that I work with my clients so over time it it doesn't happen immediately, right? This is <laughs> speak you, for yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's triggered. This, yeah, and it's like you know. Well, I mean, like the trigger part happens immediately, and the reason is is because our nervous system has been set for X amount of years, right? So, let's say that thing happened when you first react like that, when maybe, you know, maybe when I was eleven, and this is twenty-one years later. That has sat in my nervous system and has been a pattern in my life for 21 years. Yeah, so how do you break that? Slowly, with a lot of acceptance and compassion, but also it's opening the awareness and it's not about always catching it in real time. I think we're seeing it now where everybody's doing this work and they then, when they don't catch it in real time, they start judging themselves. They're like, oh, I should be better than this. Oh, I should have healed this by now. And that's not the aim of the game. The aim of the game is to each time it happens to notice what happens in the body and go, okay, 
I reacted like that. How could I maybe next time not? And breath work is huge. Mm. I work with the body. I work with the breath. I work with the non-judgment of self as well and accepting like, okay, I kicked off. I shouldn't have. I'm going to apologize and own what I did in that moment because that's really important here. Mm. But I also have to sit with myself and go, okay, that is a pattern that's been there for years. And to break a pattern, you can't just do it overnight, right? So if like if you come away from, let's say, smoking, Mm-hmm. You know, or, you know, you see international rugby players come away from international rugby and the upheaval that comes with their lives because it just stopped dead. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing here. We don't want it to stop dead because sometimes it's like, oh, I need a form of comfort. So people start self-soothing, but not necessarily with good things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about learning more about yourself. And that's what this journey is. We're seeing a lot online about like the healing journey and that kind of stuff and it's beautiful and I'm so excited for it but the other part is I think we're forgetting it's a journey it's not uh I'm healed Mm -hmm. it's broadening the awareness around self and saying okay I see where that pattern is coming from I don't want to keep repeating that so the next time the same situation comes up I'm just going to take a step back Mm -hmm. realize that that person is projecting from a triggered nervous system I don't want to react or respond to that so I'm going to take like if I have to step out I'll be like actually I need five minutes please Mm -hmm. or I'll just be like look you're not in a good space right now I think we both need to take some time apart and come back and that's really hard in relationship Mm -hmm. and that's our intimate partners are one of our biggest lessons and our biggest teachers, as are, as are our kids. I don't personally have kids yet. I am the eldest of five, though. And, you know, I and I babysat more kids than I can count. But it's this idea of, like, I see it with parents and children. Their children bring up all of their past stuff. Mm-hmm. They can't help it, right? It's natural. So these intimate relationships are really important because they're showing us something. Mm-hmm. How can we do that better? How could we do that from more of a loving space? And believe me, I'm in a relationship now four years and we are not perfect. And perfection is not the aim of the game. It's about wanting to be curious around it. How could we have done that a little bit better? How could we have spoken to each other a little bit nicer? Where does that come from? Does it come from maybe, you know, witnessing it in society or maybe within families, dynamics? Maybe it could have been a friend's family dynamic you saw. It doesn't have to be necessarily yours. Mm -hmm. Um, It could have been a teacher. It could have been simply a teacher. Um, And yeah, it's just really interesting to see how we can fix. Not even fix because I don't believe we're broken, but how we can change Mm how we react to things in the world because I think if we all came from a bit more of a loving space even when we're angry we wouldn't have such a massive mental health issue in this country when we the mental health of not just this country globally is more and more affected because our relationships are now in a phone yeah (laughs) and we are being told what we are. Yeah. We are being labeled. Everybody is a narcissist at the moment, you know, from like. Do you think they are? No, I don't believe so. Um, but what I'm saying is from social media's perspective, mm. they're like labeling everybody. Like every second person I'm onto is like, but that person's this and that person's that. I choose not to personally label people. 
Um, and I choose to, when speaking with my clients, not to label. Because when I went through my own health journey, mental health journey, loads of years ago, before I found my own coach, um, the system that I was in wasn't, it was helpful to a certain point, but they started labeling people. Mm -hmm. And I noticed myself getting into this thing of finding everybody around me dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't trust them and I didn't feel safe. When I removed the label, I could see that they're only acting from their own patterns, their own previous traumas, their own beliefs. Mm -hmm. I no longer see them as a label. I see them as a human, having a human experience. Now, not saying that these there's not certain metrics for labels. Obviously, there should be. But I mean, not everybody in the world is one, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I think everybody has a small little piece of narcissism in them in terms of that's what keeps us alive, right? Our own wanting to keep ourselves safe. So there's there's a lot to unpack there. And yes. and, and um, what I'm thinking here is looking at myself. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about labeling and choosing not to label and so on. I am an alcoholic and I have chosen to give myself that label. Yes. I haven't drunk in 19 years. Mm hmm Oh, I'm coming up to my anniversary. That's how much I miss. That's how, I have to check the date. <laughs> that's how much I miss alcohol that I don't yeah. even notice my anniversary. Wow. So, um, but I, I choose mm -hmm. to become, sorry, I choose to label myself with that yes. because it helps me know who I am. And it helps me, that awareness of, of that awful flaw that I had Mm -hmm. Um, as I say, it's it's got zero. I, you know, I don't think about consuming alcohol anymore. Yeah. However, whenever I was stopping, I was um, I think for the first six months I would have these nightmares where I would drink a pint of beer or lager, and I could actually taste it. And yeah. the next and the next morning, I'd waken up in the bed and I'd be almost like clenching the mattress, mm -hmm. thinking, "Oh no, I drank last night." And then it's like, yeah. "Oh." No, it's a dream. Okay, no, we're grand, you know. Yeah. We. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me, me and my alcoholic demons. <laughs> um, so what, what's, what's your thoughts on that, that, that I'm giving myself that label? I think it has two different connotations in terms of it can either empower or it can disempower. Mm -hmm. So if you feel empowered by it and you don't feel any shame around it or judgment around yourself, and it's a part of yourself that you've accepted and you can love and you've dealt with the demons in terms of like how you got there or, you know, how you got yourself through. I mean, that's an amazing achievement. Can we just take one moment for that? That was mm. incredible. When it's empowering, it's a very different thing because you feel empowered by it. It gives you like, OK, forward momentum. It's a part of my life that I can talk about and. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't have attached feelings to it in terms of like negative ones. It's like it was a journey, whereas I can see it with certain people um, and actually people that I've worked with have come to me in this space where they feel very shamed by the term. Yeah. This idea that they will always for the rest of their lives be labeled as I was an alcoholic or I am an alcoholic and they feel shame around it. So what we do is we remove the label but we do the work around it. And then at some point they either decide that they want to retake it up and be like, I'm okay to speak about it because it's my purpose here in the world to show people that you can get through it. Cause mm. a lot of people don't feel that way. Um, or a lot of them are like, well, I've dealt with everything. I don't have that issue anymore. 
um, I don't crave alcohol or some of my clients have actually had alcohol, but never they can have one glass and walk away kind mm. of thing. But it comes from the idea that if it's bringing shame and judgment yeah. for the moment, let's remove it. And not that you haven't been there, yeah. but it is part of your journey. So at some point we have to come back and look at it. Whereas I think with social media, what's happening is that there's a label for everybody. Like you only have to look at somebody funny and you're labeled with something, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's the difference, right? These medical terms are for, you know, they have certain steps or certain symptoms, let's say, or issues to have them. You know, um, I'm seeing in the world where people are self-labeling themselves from being diagnosed on Instagram or by Google. Like ADHD. It's the new one, right? It's. But it's, I think I've got that too. I mean, I actually personally, I have some form of belief that we're all part. I of know. My I was about to say. I think. I think yes. it's shades of grey, and and you know, autistic spectrum and all the rest. Yes. And um, you know, I I I probably think that I'm on the spectrum for for that also. Um, yeah. but but certainly ADHD, I'm pretty certain I have that. Yeah. You know, and the cool thing about ADHD, you know, is that it not only can you. So there's inattentive mm -hmm. where, where somebody's talking to you and you're thinking about 900 different things. And that's me. Yeah. And then the other thing is where you're running all about the place. Yeah. And and then there's a blend of the two. Those are three yes. different um, categorizations mm -hmm. that they've come up with so far. Right. However, um, also with the ADHD, you can become hyper-focused. Yes. And, and that, I think that's why I'm a self-taught musician. Yeah, because <laughs> so, you became hyper focused exactly. on it. Exactly, mm -hmm. and I yeah. see that my children that um, you know one of them is just exactly like me, but he he becomes so hyper focused. So yeah, self diagnosis is a thing, and as you say, uh, spectrum and shades of grey and all the rest. I, mm -hmm. I I'm, I'm with you there as well. Yeah, and I think you know when we like for me, um, I have endometriosis. What's that? So endometriosis is a part of the cells of the womb growing somewhere else in the body. I've heard so, of this. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of women are actually like a lot of women, I think it's one in, I think it's one in 10 at the moment um, around the world have endometriosis and it takes up to 10 years to diagnose. Right. I've and known. And this is a physical thing. Mm -hmm, now for me, it's on my bowel for other women. Like it can be, it can grow anywhere. Mm -hmm. It can grow. So does that mean your brain. womb is growing in your bowel? So it's cells of the womb. Okay. So it's growing somewhere else. So, um, do, I don't understand. So we they don't really know the cause. Um, if I look at from a energetic and a spiritual perspective, I can give some answers to it in different ways, but we don't know why I have it and my sisters don't. Does or, that mean that the womb is growing in your bowel or does that mean that so my womb uh, is still, sorry I, no it's okay I, i'm being really um so here. my womb is um still in my pelvis okay. but there's cells of the womb so different cells and is that, that connected there. to the womb no so it's grown completely somewhere different so okay. like some people have it in the brain some people do have it in right. the womb as well you can have those external cells growing right. like on a cyst or um in an ovary or in a fallopian tube yeah. mine is on my bowel um, and it can take up to 10 years to diagnose for most women. However, from the age of 14, I could tell that that's what it was. How could you tell? Um, I just knew. I just knew there was something wrong. I was like, this isn't normal. The fainting, the vomiting, the okay. not being well. Um, and every doctor I went to was like, that's normal. You're 14 years old. It's normal. And I was like, this isn't normal. This yeah. isn't. So how could you tell that it wasn't normal then i mean did could you could you tell at the time that 
the, the cells are growing in the bowel or? No, um, I couldn't tell that that's where they were. Um, I just knew something in my body every month was off. Like it was mm. just, there was, I wasn't. It wasn't usual PMT it, stuff. Yeah, it wasn't the usual PMS stuff. It wasn't what was happening with my friends. Like some were getting pain, but they could walk or they could take a painkiller and they were fine. I was vomiting. I was fainting. Mm. I'd lose power in my legs. Um, I was in a really bad way and had been for years. Um, and when I went to the UK, they started doing um, tests on me and stuff because I, it got to the point where the pain wasn't just one week of the month. It was every day. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter how many painkillers I took. It was every single day I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat properly. Or if I was eating, I was throwing it back up. And I was just really, really ill. And then a discoloration came up on my side um, and I went to the doctor and I was like, I know where it is. I was like, I can tell you where it is. And she was, and I was like, and I should have known because I believed I had IBS mm-hmm. and it came up as IBS symptoms, but it's mm-hmm. not IBS because unlike others with IBS, I couldn't pinpoint it to a certain food mm-hmm. or a certain group of foods right. because it depended on where I was in my own cycle. And you, and you'd experimented with the food. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I could just tell. At Salt Hill Media, we record the life stories of older people as a gift for their future generations. We appear to be the only organization on the island of Ireland providing this service. What does that look like? An older person sits and answers questions about their life stories. For instance, what were their holidays like as children? Where did their parents meet? And what were their jobs? Where's their final resting place? And what about their parents? And so on. This is a perfect gift for people who hit another milestone. For example, a retirement gift, entering a new decade, a significant wedding anniversary, or it could just be a regular gift. The clever thing about this is that it is a time capsule to be enjoyed for future generations to come. Some people say, but my life story is not that interesting. It is interesting to those who follow after you. Other people remark, I could do this myself. We say, and so you should. However, more often than not, these life stories do not get recorded. So we advise that you go to salthillmedia.com and book a recording session for three months' time. If, in three months' time, your recording has not happened, then we will do that for you. Go to salthillmedia.com today to book your life recording. Thank you. This is the Galway Podcast. Now, Neve, if there's anything we're talking about here and you're not comfortable... You just oh, yeah. let me know. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. stop. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I can talk about this. Um, okay. This is part of my journey, and this is what I do with women. Okay. Um, but I, yeah, no, I experiment with food. Like, I can eat chickpeas, let's say this week, and in two weeks' time, I can't touch them. Right. It's it, whatever goes. It's whatever it's doing. It's when it becomes inflamed. Yeah. Um, and then certain things can't digest as as well. Um. So yeah, I've had that. I was diagnosed at the age of 23 and 
they came to me and they were like, you were too inflamed. We couldn't remove anything. Um, and your three options are at the age of 23 to have a child, to remove everything, mm. including my womb. And the other part was to stay on the pill or go into, they were going to put me into um, a premenopausal state with the hope that they could take me out of it, but not knowing whether or not I could come out. Mm-hmm. And I told them no. And I walked away from the healthcare system that day. And not that I wouldn't go back. Mm-hmm. I would go back now with a lot more awareness. And it's, I don't blame the nurses or doctors at all in any of this. I believe that this has only really come to the forefront of medicine. They're only really, I'm starting to see so many studies come out now and they make me so happy um, because I don't want other women to suffer like I did. Okay. Um, but this is also a holistic approach. It's not just about removing it. It's mm. about all the other work around it. Mm. Um, it's around the trauma work. Um, it's around looking after your body. It's around connecting with your body. Like the reason I know what's going on is because I never distrusted the feeling in my body and went, no, I don't, I don't believe myself. I'm going to believe the doctors. Mm. I was like, no, there's something wrong. And I pushed and I pushed. Whereas a lot of women I know were told, oh no, no, it's just a bad period. And then later when they're trying to conceive, have now been told they have X, Y, and Z. Mm. And they're like, but I, I went to a doctor. But this is just what they were taught. Like it's it's only recent that these studies are starting to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really important, I think, for us to look at it from a holistic space, but also that the more of us who go to the healthcare system with this, looking after ourselves on one side, but then going to the healthcare system, we put, I don't want to say pressure on them, but we put pressure on the research to be done. Mm-hmm. We Well, the number one priority is oneself. So you mm-hmm. want to be prioritized yes. and you want, uh, there is... Um, as a way of natural self-defense to put pressure on the situation. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And to, to ask the questions, to advocate for self and not just take it as a yes or a no, because, you know, I had been through, I don't even want to know, I can't even count up how many doctors I went through and each doctor, I would question certain things and then, but the last doctor said, and they're like, oh, never heard of that. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and it wasn't, again, it wasn't their fault. I mean, you know, they specialize in so many different things. And I think particularly women's health has become the forefront in the last few years, Mm -hmm. in the last 20 years. But before everything we did was run off a male metric, right? It's changing now. A male metric. So the male metric. So um, if we look at air conditioning, this is my favorite idea. If we look at air conditioning in an office, Mm -hmm. right? If you put women and men into the office, men are cold and women are warm. Men are colder and women are So warm. when the air conditioning's on, right, uh-huh. let's say it's at a certain setting right. and women want to turn it up and men are like, no way. And then women want to turn it down and men are like, Did, so. But is it not different for different men? It can be, but on like a biological thing, men run a little bit different to women in okay. terms of like we, we fluctuate a lot quicker. You guys have a 24 hour hormonal cycle. We have a 28 day to 35 day hormonal cycle. So our bodies run very differently. I, 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 am, I think I've got a lot of estrogen in my body. Yes. Okay. So, so that would I, be a little so, different so again. So I, yes. in fact, I, when I was drinking lager all the time, I went to the doctor because I thought I had breast cancer. Yeah. And um, I, I'd swollen uh, nipples and um, went along. 
And I remember I was so blasé about it. And then just before the results came in, I was thinking, God, I could have breast cancer here. Turned out I was just drinking too much lager. So mm-hmm. anyway, back to, <laughs> let's go right? away from my, my scare, uh, scare back then. And the, yeah, I feel the cold. So, yes. so I, um, I was sharing a room with my brother-in-law. Uh, we were on holidays and we were coming to huge disagreements about the temperature of the room. Yes. And that can happen. Right. Yeah. Um, but for the basics of, let's say, um, air conditioning, mm-hmm. it was built when men were in offices first before women ever were. Okay. Um, or like the seatbelt. Right. right. You watch a woman put on a seatbelt. It's the most uncomfortable thing in the world yeah. because seatbelts were originally built off a male body. Okay. Yeah. So it's or only. A mannequin. Yeah. A mannequin body, which is based off the male figure. Okay. Yeah. yeah fair it's only in recent years they've started to change those mannequins. Okay. Um, so it's like it cuts women. Right. Now, obviously, because women are all different shapes and sizes, you, know, you can't have a seatbelt for everybody. But it's the idea that like it's the same with our health system. Our health system is built off a male metric in mm. terms of the male body for so long. Now that has been starting to change. We saw that with the change of the contraceptive pill coming in, in the 60s. You know, we've started to see that change over the last 50, 60 years. But it's only in the last maybe 10, 20 years we're seeing a real focus on women's health when it comes to particularly the womb space mm-hmm. um, and how our bodies work very differently. You know, the corporate world works on a 24-hour cycle, which is directly like a male cycle mm. right I, I i'm i'm not grasping all of that to be honest it's with okay. you um so 20 uh, where where do you get this figure that men are working on a 24-hour cycle i don't, I don't so know so it's how your that. hormones work okay so your so hormones where's the evidence coming from that so it's from different kind of scientific reports um i can't think of any of the names off the top of my head send them to me i'll put them in the bio yeah yeah okay, do okay. perfect yeah. um because yeah we have a lot of different so men tend to run on more their hormones fluctuate with time and day okay so like you know um is it testosterone i can't remember which one's peak in the morning and then in the evening they come down but then tomorrow it starts again okay women don't run like that yeah we, we run on a four week cycle. So mm. each week, a different form of hormone or hormones are peaking and peaking and troughing, as they would say, yeah, dropping yeah. and coming back up again. We have that constantly. It's why in the corporate world, women have been almost forced into working a bit more like men because, you know, you go to work at 9 a.m., you come home, you know, you eat lunch at one, you come home at five, you go to bed, you get up and you do it again. So there's a lot going through my mind at the minute. Okay. What, 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 one, one thing is, you know, isn't the workplace becoming more adapted towards, I wouldn't say, and, I, and I'm not going to say women, I'm going to say family requirements. Yes. Yeah. And the reason why I'm saying family requirements, I'm a single parent from yes. the Sunday through to Friday. And mm-hmm. I've got a sticker in my car which gives me free parking for two hours of the day. And the sticker is someone with a ponytail and maybe even a skirt with two small humans. Mm-hmm. And I was going to write to them and say, you know, is that not sort of reinforcing a gender stereotype here? You know, because yeah, yeah, there is single parents. And also, not only is there single parents, there's men who want more access to their children who yes. are divorced. And that's that's another issue. So where am I going with this? I'm going back to, um, yes, women working more uh, like men. And are we not 
you're talking about the the woman working on a four week cycle. I mean, is, is the world not moving toward more towards becoming more adaptive towards family needs and requirements that way? Yes. So we're seeing a mass, particularly for families, we are seeing a massive shift. You know, I think I don't really want to talk about the last few years, but you know. COVID, um, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> the C word as I like to call it, um, COVID changed a lot of that because people can now work from home. Yeah. There is now more flexibility in offices. There's now more flexibility because people had to get their kids from school, right? Um, there's a lot of men and women who can now work from home between them. One can do two days in the office, one can do three days in the office and they work from home different days and they look after one another. Some are single parents and as you said, they get more access now to their kids Mm -hmm. because they can, because they can work from home Mm -hmm. rather than them having to go to a minders. Now, I know some still have minders, but it's, you know, you don't have to do the whole hour and a half travel there and back. So you finish at half five and you get to see your kids at half five because they're downstairs. Mm -hmm. You know, for families, yes. For women... And this is where I, I'm seeing, we saw the shift in, in Spain, where Spain are now giving menstrual days off. It's two days. Oh, okay, good. Right. What I mean is that, yes, the corporate world is shifting. I completely agree with that. I'm still one foot in the corporate world myself. However, it's also about women knowing their own bodies. Because not every woman has the exact same cycle every month. And for me, I, this month I could be perfectly fine. And next month I went through a lot of grief there recently and everything was completely out of whack. My hormones were all over the place. It's not necessarily about the corporate world having to fully change. I think they need to become understanding, but I actually think the knowledge and the wealth and the expertise needs to come from the woman herself. So it's a twofold approach, like everything in the world. It can't just be a one person does one thing. You know, the corporate world are starting to adapt. I think now they are becoming a lot more aware. I think the family, the change for the family container and dynamic is what has now pushed it to change because, you know, we can't take more days off or like if you have a parent teacher meeting, there's no problem going to that anymore. Whereas before you would have had to cancel or take annual leave or one parent would have had to work and the other one take days off. It's changing. But what about those who don't have kids? Mm-hmm. You know, I suffered with a severe pain. Now, I was really lucky in the last few places I've worked that my managers were really understanding. I didn't get that everywhere. You know, if I rang in, I was like, I can't stare at my screen because I'm vomiting. They were like, that's not my problem. Mm-hmm. Get, get in here. Like I could be walking into court and being like, I can't do this. You know, it's because I worked in law, by the way, if anybody (laughs) just I wasn't regularly in the courthouse for myself. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's this idea that like if I had had this wealth of knowledge and knew how to advocate for myself, but also knew what was going on. I wouldn't have needed X, Y and Z or I could have asked for or I could have explained because I think women are still terrified to even talk about this in work. So you said there about Spain having two days off a, a month, which I think is a great idea. Mm-hmm. And um, what's, what's your message to policymakers in Ireland? I think, first of all, go and learn about the menstrual cycle, uh-huh. men and women. Yeah. I think. I, I've seen women that being become absolutely inca- incapacitated. Mm-hmm. Is that the word? Yeah. Incapacitated. Yeah. Okay. Sounds so strange whenever I say it. <laughs> 
with a microphone in front of him and feeding yeah. through to my ears. Um, yeah, I've seen women just becoming just totally incapable of walking. I'm guessing that's what you were like as well. Yeah, I'd lose complete power in my legs. Yeah. I'd pass out. I could be found anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. Um, and that can be really scary. Yeah, yeah. That so, can be really scary. So, yeah, your message to policymakers research menstrual cycle and yeah. the extreme forms that they can have upon the body. Yeah, yeah. the extreme forms they can have upon the body um, and also to push the healthcare system yeah. to understand women mm. in that way because we are so different. And, you know, I know men work differently myself. You know, I have another half and he's incredible, mm. you know, in terms of like he's learned so much about me. He actually almost knows my me better than I do sometimes. But that was a learning curve, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it wasn't normal in relationships to talk about um, periods and, you know, ovulation unless getting pregnant, which I don't necessarily think that's the only time we should talk about these things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it was really interesting when I came into relationship with him because some women who have no pain and have an okay cycle every month don't have to talk about it. Yeah. It just happens and it goes. And the other half can will kind of know, but not really know too much about it. You can't do that with me. <laughs> mm -hmm. He had to know. Yeah. He had to understand. One, because he wanted to, but two, because if not, it could make our relationship extremely difficult because yeah. about two, like there was always, and it was nothing to do with when I would have my actual period. There's two days within the month where I am just agitated because my whole body's inflamed internally and I'm agitated. And like, you only have to look at me. And I was for a very long time ready to just jump on somebody like, rah. Mm. Um, and he learned how to navigate that with me. Mm -hmm. And that has been really special. And it is something that I think for men is beautiful when you can come into a relationship and be like, I understand. Mm -hmm. I don't understand because I don't have it, mm -hmm. but I can understand on the level of what do you need help with? Yeah. Where can I support you? Um, but that's what we need from our government. Yeah. I mean, it's predominantly male. It would be lovely <laughs> if they came in but, and were like... But, so just on that, mm. why do you think it is? Oh God, I could, oof, that could be a, <laughs> that could be a very long, long conversation. Um, I think there's a lot of different things. I think. And don't talk about this here if you don't, if you don't feel equipped or want to. No, no, I, I think there's various different things. I think women for so long didn't have and I don't mean in the last 60 years, things have very much changed, but women particularly for so long didn't have a form of their own identity in terms of like, we were very much controlled or, you know, we didn't have our own money. We couldn't, we couldn't go to work. Mm -hmm. We had no autonomy over our bodies. It is a new thing. It's a relatively new construct um, in terms of like the last hundred years, let's say. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, women are only learning to start to advocate for themselves now because we believe in science, right? I believe in science. Science can't, for me, prove everything um, as of yet, but I see studies coming out now and I'm like, oh, I'm seeing the change. But I think for so long, we just handed over our trust and went, yeah, okay, I'm not going to question that. Because why would you? Mm. The science was done. I wouldn't. I wouldn't question it. And what's happened is they haven't questioned it. And now we're starting to question. We're starting to be like, no, I don't feel okay. And that's, that was the thing 
that I really leaned on with my journey in this was that, no, you can keep telling me this is normal, but I just know it's not. It's like when your child is sick and you can just, the doctor's like, they're fine. And you're like, no, I know there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. I just, I deeply in my body know there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. And then whatever it is, it is wrong. Or, you know, let's say they had chicken pox and not a cold, like he said, right? Or she said. Mm-hmm. It's that deep knowing in your body. And that's what we need to listen to that. Like, no, I know there's something wrong here. Um, and I think for a very long time we were like, oh no, it's not. And we didn't, this wasn't just a male created thing, by the way, because I think when we come into this, a lot of women are like, oh, but men and patriarchy and all this. And I'm like, no, <laughs> any person I had a really hard time getting through to in the system was a woman. Mm-hmm. And that's a really hard that's thing because, to say. Is that because they understand what you're going, well, they think that they understand what you're going through yeah. and they're not feeling the same symptoms and therefore they're harder yeah. to convince. Or they were shut down, you know, like, I, in I mean, way. in terms of like, if we think about, this not really in my family line, but I, I've heard this from other people of mm. like, you know, their mums was having, were having pain. It wasn't up until like they went through menopause that said they figured out there was something wrong. Even though they're, because you can still have children with PCOS and endo. It can just be harder. Sorry. Uh, PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome. Okay. You got, you got. You, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I went to Catholic uh, boys school oh. and uh, <laughs> I'm not even sure how I got two children. I feel like Forrest Gump a lot of the time, you know. Yeah, so PCOS is another um, big kind of issue we're seeing with women's health. Um, PCOS. Yeah, PCOS. Um, and what does it stand for? Polycystic ovary syndrome. Okay, so yeah. it means many cystic, uh, yeah. what's cystic? on the ovaries. Okay. Yeah, um, and a lot of women also suffer with that as well. So, you know, the their grandmothers or their mothers may not have realized they had it till much later in life. And when they asked them, oh, but like, you know, you used to tell me period pain was normal. And she's like, well, I thought it was normal because my mum used to tell me it was normal. Mm -hmm. That it was just, that's what happens. Mm -hmm. So it's been like this lineage Mm -hmm. of women just thinking, Asher will get on with it. Mm -hmm. You know, I still have to run the family. Like I can't lie down for a day. I mean, I'm really lucky right now. I don't have a family. So when I have bad days, I can just take to the bed. Mm. But a lot of women don't have that option. Mm. So it's let's have some painkillers and let's keep ourselves moving. And that's what it was for so long because kids needed to be fed. Dinner needed to be made. And with men now coming into the housework and starting to help out, I can see a different shift in that. Mm. But that's only recent as well. So I think... You know, it's it's been as much as, you know, I've heard people blame, unfortunately, men on this. And I'm like, well, actually, <laughs> any person I struggled to talk to in relation to this was actually female. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was because... Well, in fairness, like I'm thinking back to how Ireland was mm-hmm. and you had um, a lot of jobs were manual. Yeah. And, you know, I, I lived in China and <laughs> you go on the building site, you'll see most of the women there are actually, sorry, most of the workers there are, are females mm-hmm. so yeah. so but in ireland whatever way it was set up the culture yeah. was different maybe in china it happened because of the famine that happened there yes. but we can't say that so we'll not say that. <laughs> oh i'm not in china anymore that's fine so um uh yeah so in ireland we had our famine as well but that was 170 years ago so it's um so we've adapted back to the situation of where the woman was raising the children mm-hmm. and the men were out yes. toiling the ground or building the houses or whatever 
So, yeah. So in fairness, it, a lot of it's changed because the mm-hmm. dynamic of the country has. Of the country mm-hmm. has, exactly. Yeah. 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 And that's why I think we're also seeing the shift and, you know, women going into the workplace was amazing. You know, the contraceptive pill coming out in the 60s was the revolution there for yeah. women, for their own empowerment, for their own autonomy. Um, obviously, not every country in the world has that. But Ireland, we have been pretty lucky in terms of like the autonomy is there now mm-hmm. um, over our own bodies. But it's uh, the autonomy is great. But do you know what you're advocating for for yourself? Mm-hmm. And that's what I would ask women, because even when you have a, an OK menstrual cycle, you've no issues. I still don't believe that you shouldn't know about cycle syncing and understanding each cycle syncing. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> so I was actually just about to go into that. So cycle syncing is. um. Basically. I get a real education today. Yeah. You know? I took on the mother is not around anymore. She said, oh, he's finally learning. Um, so cycle thinking is about adapting your lifestyle. It's, it's, it is really a lifestyle of learning every single day what day of your cycle you're on. So as I said, women can go anywhere from a 28 to a 35 day menstrual cycle every mm. month. Okay. Even if you're on the pill, you still cycle because parts of your hormones still peak and trough. Now, obviously, there's artificial hormones pumped into the body, but you can still, some people still have a full menstrual cycle. I didn't. Um, And even when you've come out of menopause, you still have a different way of looking at it, but there's still a form of cycle syncing for women who are premenopausal and postmenopausal. But the idea is that every day of the month is something different, like you are aware of what's going on in your body um, you know, that, you know, your energy levels are, let's say, so I know, let's say the last, my luteal phase, which is your last phase before you have your period, that last week for women is awful for most, and not, yeah. not for everybody, but you're naturally your energy is That's lower. That's where your PMT comes in. Exactly. Yeah. So like you have lower energy levels. You're a little bit more tired. You need more rest. Women during that time need more rest. Um, you know, nutritionally, you need to look after yourself. A lot of women can't lift weights very heavy in the gym. Like you're not going to go in and do your PB. Go, ovulation, you're going to get a personal best. Mm. Luteal phase, probably not. And your late luteal phase, you're not, probably. Um, you know, and what we have is the two days before we get our period, we have what I like to call our inner critic. And that's where a lot of the problems with our PMT comes from as well. Not just the hormones, but we have this inner critic who gets really nasty around that time. And she's saying all these things about us in our heads and we get very upset and we're crying and we're angry and all of these things come up for us. And I could go much deeper into that, but I'm not going to. Um, But the idea is that, you know, that, Mm. you know, when you're hyper emotional, you're like, okay, what day am I on? Oh, there we are. Okay, that's okay. why. So it's becoming aware of where you are in the cycle in terms yes. of what you're more aligned to in terms of natural ability. Yeah. yeah, what you're feeling, what you're seeing, what movement is good for your body. Um, certain foods are better during that time okay. or to support you, what vitamins you need. Wow, you guys go through the ringer every month. Every month. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you, you get the menopause. At Salt Hill Media, we record the life stories of older people as a gift for their future generations. 
We appear to be the only organization on the island of Ireland providing this service. What does that look like? An older person sits and answers questions about their life stories. For instance, what were their holidays like as children? Where did their parents meet? And what were their jobs? Where's their final resting place? And what about their parents? And so on. This is a perfect gift for people who hit another milestone. For example, a retirement gift, entering a new decade, a significant wedding anniversary, or it could just be a regular gift. The clever thing about this is that it is a time capsule to be enjoyed for future generations to come. Some people say, but my life story is not that interesting. It is interesting to those who follow after you. Other people remark, I could do this myself. We say, and so you should. However, more often than not, these life stories do not get recorded. So we advise that you go to salthillmedia.com and book a recording session for three months time. If in three months time, your recording has not happened, then we will do that for you. Go to salthillmedia.com today to book your life recording. Thank you. This is the Galway Podcast. So Neve. Yes. You've opened the centre recently. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. So I opened the centre on the 19th of November and it's called Wild Rose Holistics. So it's in Lishbon uh, Industrial Estate. It's in Discover Chiropractic. And basically it's always been my dream to open up a holistic centre. Um, I mean, I thought it was a 10 year down the line thing, but it came to me a lot quicker than I thought. And basically I, I've always wanted to have a space where I could build a community. I could build people to have connection and also a safe space. So what I've noticed with all of this going on in the world over the last few years is that people have really lost connection and community. Now, I think it's been coming a long time with the corporate world and stuff. I think personally, anyone outside of Dublin probably has a better community because of, you know, sports and that. I just think they're a bit more alive. I could be wrong. Um, but I am a dub, so I can I can speak from experience you're, here. You're saying a posh dub to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a outsider. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, do, you yeah. know, do you know why a guy, a girl from the south will go out to, with a guy from the north? Why? To get her handbag back. <laughs> is that racist? Oh, sorry. Oh, my, my other half is Northern Irish, oh, so. Northern Irish? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's even worse. I know. I know. That was an easy conversation Don't to go home with. anybody from up there. <laughs> That's what I tell him. Um, Where's he from, by the way? He's from Derry. Oh, yeah, yeah. The city, um, just outside the city, yeah. Where? Um, oh, what is the name of it? Claudia. Eglinton. Eglinton. Yeah. Oh, that's where the airport is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it is. My yeah. uncle lived there. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's um yeah so like that's you know I've been there I just feel over the last few years community has really broken down globally right I think we've all gone as I said earlier onto our phones. And everything is inside the phone and human connection is really difficult. And actually, I I now I have to go looking for it. But I saw a study recently where it said that the next generation are going to really struggle to understand body language. 
and like working with people in real time. Because they're so transfixed to the phones. Yeah, they're so used to their phones. Yeah, and, you know, I'm groaning here because of uh, my, <laughs> my kids, you know, but do you know what I do? I'm very strict. They, yeah. they, they don't get longer than 30 minutes. Yeah. 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 And it's so I, 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 I'm with you there. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's that idea that I want to help rebuild that community because we are tribal beings. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's only in the last, as I said, in the last, let's say even less than a hundred years, I would even say less than 50 years that we have come away from this idea of community as a culture. That's millions of years ingrained mm-hmm. in us when we don't know, you know, and we are tribal beings and we thrive in connection. We need community. We need connection to feel part of something. And, you know, we see this with kids when they go into secondary skills and they start changing from the family dynamic and then they're trying to learn to fit in. Right. And they change their hairstyle because this is what the cool kids have. Or, you know, we all did it. Right. I was I did it, too. It's because you're trying to find connection And we are afraid of being exiled from the community because thousands of years ago that meant death Mm -hmm. because we couldn't survive on our own. So there's a beautiful aspect of our independence and our sovereignty and learning that we can be sovereign as beings. But we also forget that we can't be hyper dependent. It doesn't work for us. It breaks that connection, that feeling of love, that feeling of wanting to help, of wanting to be around each other. Um. And this is why I opened the centre. This is one of the big reasons is I want to bring that community back. But I want to bring it back in a way where we can have a really safe space for both men and women. Now, at the moment, my yoga classes are aimed for both. um, But my women's circles are kind of obviously for women. And I hold the space for them. I will be getting a man in to hold men's circles because I think men need them. Mm. I think it's a very beautiful way for people to feel safe, to feel vulnerable. And any woman who's ever stepped into my space, particularly since I opened but um, Wild Rose, but I've been running these circles for years now, um, it's beautiful to watch them when they first come in and they're like, I don't know what is going to happen here. I'm not opening up. I'm just here to meditate. And then they have this, whether they're laughing or they're crying or they're screaming or whatever it is, or they're just sharing who they are. It's like watching an, a flower open. Mm-hmm. And realizing that they're safe because what we like to call the sisterhood wound has been around for a very long time where women compete against each other. And again, that's natural. Women, hundreds of years ago, we needed to compete to get the man to feel safe, to have money, to have kids. We don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to compete with one another. There's enough resources for everybody. <laughs> um, and... It's bringing in that space for both men and women to feel like they can come somewhere and that these relationships that they make in this centre are going to go deep. It's not surface level. It's not let's go out and party. You can go right ahead. But it's about like true connection with the body being fully present in that moment and being like, oh, my God. And you don't have to like everybody who walks through the door. We all resonate with different people, right? We all, you know, you might love somebody and I'm like, "Mm, I'm a little reserved. And that's natural, right? That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. But it's like, it's learning to actually be in that and understanding yourself and feeling, you know, connected to your body, but also connected to something greater. I think that's a really beautiful thing when we feel like we're connected to something greater in this world. 
Um, you also do a, a mentorship as well. Yeah. So I also do coaching. So yeah. um, I'm also a one to one coach. And this so is for the women's. Before we go into the coaching, yes. it, the coaching and the center, is that your full time job? I'm also at the moment still working part time in corporate. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, the thing is. One must do what one must do, you know, in order to get the plane off the ground. So, um, and before we go into your coaching, what, because you've said that you worked in law, what is your corporate work presently? So I'm actually, um, and now I've gone in-house, so I am a internal trainer for a large immigration company. Okay. So I was originally a consultant, a senior consultant, and then a client services manager in there. And I started my business last year, the coaching online business last year. And I decided I wanted to come out with full-time work and they weren't happy to let me go. So they offered me an internal part-time job, Mm. um, which has really helped. And actually, I think I will always have a foot in the corporate world. Now, it won't be in terms of working for them. I believe I'll be building packages Um, for them, like wellness packages and stuff like that, that go a bit deeper than what some of them I've seen out there are. Um, but I will always have my foot somewhere yeah. in that world. I think I, I grew up in it. I've been working in law since I was 16. And you mentioned law before. So mm-hmm. what did you do in law before? You said you were in England. So what were yeah. you doing there? So I was over in, um, I studied uh, law and criminology in Bangor University in Wales. Um, and then I came home, wanted like wanted to work in law since I was 16. That's what I wanted to do. And it's funny because I look at it now and I'm like, no, I always wanted to help women because I went in there because I wanted to help women mm, um, yeah. in the legal system. Um, and I came home um, I sat my FE once several times, um, but I had anxiety and depression and also the endo was at an all-time high and I couldn't pass the exams because I couldn't concentrate. And I then worked as a legal secretary for years. So I've been in and out of law for a very long time. And then I moved into this immigration firm, which was law related, but I didn't have to be a solicitor. Mm. Um, and then the opportunity came up for me to go down that route. And I just went, no, I don't want to anymore. Mm. And COVID happened. And that's when everything hit rock bottom. Wow, it's so, you know, I've been running this podcast since March and the amount of times COVID has come in and just Mm -hmm. knocked everything out. I mean, obviously it did. um, I mean, you were faced with yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and yeah, and. But also everything, uh, the whole environment in which you knew. So whether it was socializing in a bar, Mm -hmm. buying groceries, going for a walk along the beach, unfortunately. I mean, it's great to have. The hindsight glass is on now, but um, we did what we, well, we, yeah, we did what we thought was best at the time. Yeah. yeah. And we did what we thought was going to keep everybody safe. And that I 100% get. I think I be, I have a complete belief in everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Um, and whether that's because we provide it with a reason by logically looking at it or that it does actually have a reason to how we go upon our lives um I do believe that happens and I think it happened the way that it did because it was forcing people to have everything that they could use to self-soothe almost everything taken away from them mm-hmm. 
And in that... Well, Netflix was still around. Well, ne- yeah, but there's only so much Netflix <laughs> you know, can look at. I'm being facetious, actually. Um, yeah. But but you're right, though, right? Because a lot of people did try and do that. And they're like, I'll just keep watching Netflix mm. and Netflix. And then they're sitting there one day and they're like, I'm so done. Mm. But some people really thrived on it. I mean, I'm thinking of a conversation I had recently where they said they loved COVID. I can't remember who it was, but they loved it because they could just get on with things that they wanted to do and that's exactly where I thrived okay so I hit rock bottom with it Mm -hmm. at the beginning um because I had moved to the north side of Dublin Mm -hmm. (laughs) you had to get my handbag back um I'd moved out to Malahide and I was so far away from my family I mean that sounds ridiculous right because Dublin's quite small but we were 40 kilometers away so I couldn't I couldn't get to them um I was I we had just moved so none of my friends were around Mm Um, I couldn't get into work. We were in a two bed apartment. We both worked from home. We'd only started, like we had only been together six months when this all happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I have natural codependency tendencies anyway. Um, and I just, work was so crazy because obviously immigration was a huge thing mm-hmm. then trying to man the fires as I say um and I just I, I knew I was suffering for a very long time and I just lost it I just it was, I was I sat there at the table one day I was like I was crying sitting down at the laptop and I was like I don't want to do this for the rest of my life mm-hmm. um this doesn't bring me joy yeah, it doesn't it's, bring it really me brought, happiness. it brought a lot of things into focus yeah and from there I was able then to because I I did I didn't feel responsible I, I'm a recovering people pleaser (laughs) you know um I find that all the time like I I people pleased and if well that's part of the community and fitting in yes of Mm. course yeah and it's it's not one as you as I said earlier not to be exiled exactly Mm, it's trying to fit in and I was you know I was trying to make everybody happy so like it didn't matter if I was going through something and somebody needed me I'd get in the car and if I had to drive to the other end of the country I would be there that's who I was and I held everything yeah and Everybody was like, oh, but Neve, you just like, you just get it or like, you're so strong. And I was like, and I remember sitting there one day and like during COVID and somebody rang me and I was like, I don't have to do that. Mm. I don't have to do that today. That's not mine anymore. And that's why I thrive. I thrived in COVID. My, most of my work in, into myself happened during COVID or the depth of it did anyway. I'd been doing a lot of research on all this for years, but because of endometriosis, but it's when I thrived the most mm. because I was left alone. <laughs> um, well, not left alone, but I wasn't expected to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, I could just get on my own things, as you said. Yeah. And I think that's why it worked. But what I also knew I missed the most during that. And Malahide and Port Marnock had a really good community, actually, even around that time. Maybe we weren't... Um, within rules but we were a really great community with each other and we had a lot of people um we got all into big into sea swimming and that kind of stuff and it was really beautiful but I miss that mm. I miss that community connection and since I've come out of COVID I found that community connection still hasn't come back fully I think people are still kind of it's almost like coming out of hibernation right mm. like we're slowly coming out out of it and so many people have changed that I think old friendships have fallen away for some people mm-hmm. and they don't know how to go and find new ones mm. or they don't feel they'll find people they'll, yeah. they'll get on with, you know? 
I'm taking a sharp intake of breath there because whenever I moved from China to Ireland, I I suffered from that uh, isolation. You yes. know, I say whereas I was in China, whereas a relative someone coming to Ireland, whereas a definite no one. Yeah, you know, I left Ireland yeah. in '96 and I left Northern Ireland in '96. I'd never lived in the south before, so okay. so this was a big jump, and I thought I had this. Elysian vision, Nirvana vision of moving back home and it didn't match up, you know, mm-hmm. because I didn't know anybody. So yeah. I'm, you know, I have a few relatives around, but they're working. So uh, yeah. I couldn't always catch up with them. So, but, you know, where people connect and I'm, I'm this is my, my experience now. There's many, many clubs in Galway mm-hmm. and, um, I think find a club that you're interested in. That's it. And and mm-hmm. whether it's chess or mm-hmm. badminton or rounders, oh, it doesn't have the, well, chess isn't very active either, but, um, or yoga or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Go to a club and get connected. You will find that um, through people, we become people yeah. that you will forge a friendship or a friendship will be forged whether you like it or not. You know, that, that's generally what happens. Yeah. And um, that's dating advice as well for anybody listening to that. Uh, this is the advice I give to my clients when they're trying to um, find somebody or they're, they want a partner and they're like, oh, I'm on the apps. And I'm like, go to a club. Like, yeah. and I don't mean a dance club unless you're into it. I mean, like, go to something because if you love hiking yeah. and you go to a hiking club, you're not going there to go, I'm going to find somebody to marry. You're going, I'm going to make connections and have fun. With like-minded people. With like-minded people. Mm. And then you know you have something in common. Yeah. And I think that's a really beautiful, organic way. And I know it can be really scary, right? Because when I moved down here, I had to put myself back out there. Mm-hmm. I had to. I like to, For my business to be successful, I had to put myself back out there. And it's taken me a very long time because mm. most of this year I've wanted to hide. Um, and... You know, it can be hard and scary. So I, I do get it. But it is like that is such a beautiful thing to do is to like, OK, I'm scared. But at some point, all these people were scared, too. Yeah. You know, at some point, these people just wanted to go for a hike. Uh-huh. Um, and I also run the page Sunrise Social Galway. So is this? Oh, this is not your... Okay, yeah, this is the third thing. <laughs> I just remembered, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, Because I have the a second thing. thing here. Yeah. So what's the third thing? So the third thing is my I Am Nee Ryan coaching. That's the second so, thing. Oh yeah, sorry. That's the second thing. So which you want thing. to cover first? Um, we'll cover Sunrise Social first. Okay, Because go it goes. It. So Sunrise Social Galway um, was originally actually set up by Liz Ryan. Um, and she had just moved to Galway. And basically there's loads of these all over Ireland and actually starting to be all over the world. Um, but is Liz a relative of yours? No, actually, funnily okay. enough, um, yeah. she's not. Maybe. Who knows? Um, she's, but she's Ryan's daughter. She's, yeah, she's Ryan's daughter. Yeah. And she she set up this originally um, in Galway. And the idea was to bring people together. So it does social events. Um, You know, we have swims on a Wednesday morning out in Black Rock. We I'm trying to set up a hike, hopefully for this weekend, but I'm not sure. Last weekend, the weather. Yeah, yeah, the weather killed us for that one. So um, and 
the yeah the idea is that we're going to have different things on throughout the year so some will be active some will just be a bit of fun some will be paid some will be free and some will be donation based so the idea is that everybody can get in but it's to bring people together Mm. like-minded people together um and i've found real joy in it it's been really fun i haven't been the last few weeks um but that's because of the opening of my other business. But I, yeah, it's really good fun. And it's a nice way to meet people and you don't have to commit to a yoga class. Mm. You know, I think sometimes people are like, oh, I'll go to a class. And then you're like, okay, yeah, but you don't do any of the social part afterwards. You just run away, yeah. um, which I am very guilty of doing. Um, but whereas with this, it's a bit more social. Like, And where do people find out about this? So you can find it on Sunrise Social Galway. I'll provide you with yeah. the link for I'll it. it um, yeah, because yeah. it's only on Instagram at the moment. Okay. Um, but if you aren't on Instagram or Facebook and you do want to know more about it, what you can do is send me a message. Um, I'll give my email address as well um and i can send you details and anything big that's coming up um but yeah we have it's really beautiful so it it changed hands of ownership to me in september because liz has now moved out of galway so i've now taken the reins wow so you're really betting in here yeah (laughs) yeah running three instagram pages is Uh, great fun um and what i will say is that i at the moment we are also setting up a trip to dublin to do the hell and back in ah. february so if anybody's interested hell and back yeah hell and back so it's the um big muddy assault course okay. up in dublin um, do, do you know what my mind's going to this author called helen back uh, oh. and he's a friend of mine Stuart neville that's his alias for one of the books oh okay so that was yeah <laughs> anyway I was, I was sorry i pulled in, no it's okay pulled the county um, armada there so yeah and yeah. it is it's a really it's good fun i've done a few of them before you don't necessarily have to be the fittest person in the world to do them um it's just a bit of fun again it feels like community because people are trying to pull you through the mud and that kind of thing so we're going to do that in february if anybody's interested mm-hmm. um and yeah there's just going to be a lot going on i just haven't been able to give it the attention I want to over the last few weeks. Um, but yeah, if anybody wants to meet people, we still do the swims on a Wednesday morning, seven o'clock Black Rock. Um, and we always go for a coffee afterwards for a That's bit of good. a chat yeah. um, to have a bit of fun. What um, happens if you just want to go for the coffee and not the swim? You don't have to swim. Oh. You can just sit where and watch us. For, where do you go for a coffee? Um, we usually go to, do you know, the Black Rock Market, uh, is it the Black Rock Cottage. Oh, yeah. And that's now opened. Behind there, there's all in. And we actually usually go there because okay. it's open. So yeah. we just grab that. So just make sure to bring your hot water bottles and, your and you know, some gloves and a hat because that's where we sit and we chat away for a bit. So, yeah. you know, um, or you're more than welcome to come and just watch us get in for the swim and then and join us. I struggle even to get up at that time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I'm coming in from Clare Galway, so I have to be up from like ridiculous. Wow. <laughs> so Wild Road Holistics is available on Instagram. Yes. Sunrise Social Galway is on Instagram. Yeah. Your third one. I am the Ryan. Yes. So th- it's also in Instagram. Also on Instagram. Yeah, okay. Um and I So am, this is your coaching and mentor. This is my coaching and yeah. mentor. So this is where I do a lot of my one-to-one stuff. Um and this is where I work with mostly women uh-huh. um to work with, as I said, their sex, love, relationships. Um also then we can look at it on a more holistic basis of like you know your your health overall mm-hmm. health that's really what it is but it's 
using those three topics because they relate to everything in the world, right? Yeah. Um, every single piece of them. So that's what I work with at the moment. I actually do have two spaces available on my coaching program called Womb On. Um, that's what it is at the moment, a nice little play on words. Mm. Um, and yeah, I have that at the moment, but I always have spaces in terms of like, I have wait lists and stuff for anybody who's interested. So spaces as a new, so you have a list of clients and you yes. have um, a cutoff amount yeah yes okay. so, so it's really yeah okay. it's really intense work um and not to scare anybody um but for me specifically because i work i work with mostly five clients uh-huh. in one go um and the beautiful part about it is that i work with you individually but i also work with you all together okay so you also have community access i have an online portal like an online kind uh, of like a messenger service that you guys can all connect as well and what happens if you have to be in a relationship? No. Okay. No, most most girls I've worked with have been single um, and they work in relationships. They could be coming out of a relationship. Mm. Um, it's genuinely just anything where you're feeling that you want more healing or more awareness around, you know, how you interact in relationships. How could you deepen your connection with yourself? Um, self-love obviously is the big topic at the moment, you know how to have unconditional love for somebody, but also have boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's learning about yourself is really what it is. It's self-development course. Mm. Um, and we look at it on a holistic level. Um, it also helps with health issues as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything that does come up. Um, and then also I have resources that you can go to if we need deeper. So like I have friends and stuff who are, are qualified in different things than I am that I can send you to to help on a broader spectrum as well. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. So I guess we're coming to the, towards the end. Yeah. What, what's your plans for the future? My plans for the future is to continue growing the community down here. Um, my plans in terms of even just Wild Rose Holistics is that at the moment it's just meditation and yoga classes. It's going to develop. So I'm going to get more people in hopefully to do different things like sound baths and that kind of stuff but also I'm going to start running workshops and they're going to be education based so I am hoping if it's going really well that a lot of the education based stuff can be free if not donation based and mm. um, because the education I want to give in terms of the information I want to provide I believe should be given in schools mm-hmm. particularly to young girls um, in terms of their menstrual cycles mm-hmm. um, and understanding their bodies. Um, and then hopefully I'll be able to get men in on the other side that can help with that too. But the idea is that, I, but not even just young girls, to educate all women. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter where you are. Or maybe, hey, I could do a night on educating men on it. You know, it's this idea of bringing people and giving them the, the tools to help themselves, mm-hmm. to advocate for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my vision. That's my goal um, with this space um, and to just make it fun, yeah. right? I'd love to have like, I do have a dream of like a big sports day at some point. <laughs> for everybody. Big sports day? Yeah, a big sports day. Yeah, really good for inner child healing, uh-huh. you know, to bring out the fun and everything, you know, have a big giant sports day for, for adults and kids and stuff. I think it would be fun. Um, that's cool. Yeah. I think about my aunt. Matt <laughs> was, uh, she had a transplant and there's a transplant Olympics and she won a gold in the javelin. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. So make sure you have the javelin because yes. I think there's something about, well, dairy people, you end up in Galway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> They've got a natural uh, affinity with that sport. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, and it's all about bringing the fun back into this as well. Like, yeah. you know, I obviously work with a lot of healing. I work with a lot of trauma work. You know, I'm a, I'm a trauma-informed somatic therapist. So, you know, I work in that in that realm of things. Mm. Um, but it doesn't always have to be so dark and deep. And that's what I want to bring into it. I want that's to bring good. the fun in. Mm. Um, it doesn't have to feel hard. It doesn't have to feel scary. Mm. And yeah, that's the goal with that. And the same with my coaching is to just bring more women the education, the information that they need to fulfill their lives. Mm. And I, hey, you never know, I might branch that out to men at some point. Um, but the reason I work with women, because people ask me this a lot, the reason I personally work with women is because I am one. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good uh, thing to have in your CV. Yeah, you know, I, I, I am one of those. It's a lived experience. Um, so, yeah, you know, at the moment, that's why I, I feel a lot more just wanting to work with them on a, on a one-to-one basis. But, yeah, that's mm. that's the goal. That's the dream. So, well, yeah. Well, Neve, I know what it takes, you know, to get a company up and running and know what it takes to you know for services get and web presences and all that stuff mm-hmm. it's a lot of work i was talking to johnny um graham uh who's, he runs a comedian a yes. comedy show in um do you drop in every thursday night nine o'clock we love that comedy show yeah. <laughs> yeah. and um ireland's smallest comedy club yeah it is and uh he was explaining that you know with all this stuff whenever you're doing it it's 90 percent admin you know, yes. and then it's ten percent doing the work. And I think he was saying about Rolling Stones, it's they were saying it's ninety percent walk waiting around and ten percent playing music, you know. Yeah. And that's that is, you know, I mean I'm running I mean, I have a website as well, which I'll give you all the details yeah. for. I have booking systems, I have weekly emails, I have all of it. And yes, it's it's interesting. I think people don't realize the background work that goes into all of it Mm -hmm. and now I've recently had a virtual assistant um which has been amazing because she's taking on some of this work for me virtual assistant yeah so So is this an AI or is this a person no it's a person so it's like a personal assistant but they're now virtual so they're all online now are they in India Uh, no she's right here in Galway with me yeah um and she's amazing she's really so you've met her yeah yeah so she's only called virtual because she does the work online yeah okay so her and I have met she's actually I mean, been I mean uh, only as in uh, not disparagingly but as in as a categorization yeah okay. she doesn't have like an yeah. uh yeah she's not a part of like a corporate firm if that makes sense sure. yeah, yeah yeah she's she's running her own business herself um and we actually what's, met through Instagram her name? her name is Lauren Kavanagh um, and I can send you her yeah, details yeah, she's yeah. amazing and she's going to change my world yeah. <laughs> um but we actually met in, we actually met through Instagram and then she started coming to the Sunrise Social uh-huh. um, morning swims. And then, yeah, this all transpired over the last few weeks. So mm. she's been brought in to help with the like the bits and pieces that, you know, I can't do. Like she's incredible on working with background stuff. And I mean, I'm trying to learn how to do websites. I, I developed my own website myself and that was interesting. Mm. Um, but, you know, I'm not I'm not a master of all trades unfortunately mm. um but you know you're right it it, it does take a lot and it is 90 percent of the background work mm. um and i'm just really grateful that i'm able now to have somebody to help me with that that i can be a bit more out there in the community because as i as i was saying there like 
Um, I haven't been updating all of the pages all the time because I'm trying to run between three of them. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, and I will find my footing. I know I will. But for anybody else out there who is setting up their own business, who are struggling with their own business right now, just keep going. Yeah, exactly. You will yeah. get there. I promise. So um, the, the website is spiralwithaneve.com? Yep, that's it. Yeah. And... Um, yeah. It's well, got pages for everything on there. So the yoga page is for Wild Rose Holistics. I've yeah. kept them together. Um, and you can find everything there. You can also book in with a free consultation call for me as well if you're not sure what you want to work with me on. Mm. Um, because I do one-to-one in-person healings as well. Um, and intensive coaching calls. So you don't have to do the whole monthly thing. You can do the whole 90 minutes. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Neve. I wish you all the best. I think I think anybody's bringing positivity to the world is a person who's a champion, and you. you know. But Galway Podcast is a champion of champions. Yes, yeah? it definitely and, is. And um, it doesn't belong to me; it belongs to the the county, yes. you know, and the community in the city. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm very very happy to have had you on here. I've Thank really you. enjoyed our conversation. Uh, I feel like I'm less of a Forrest Gump now. <laughs> I still got to work out where those two children of mine came from. <laughs> but that's another project for another day. <laughs> and thank you so much for having me on. It's been beautiful. And I just wanted to share what's going on in the community. And this is a great initiative. I think, you know, it's it's going to bloom and blossom. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Go to my yogurt. Falter Road. Slan. This has been a Salt Hill Media original podcast and production. This podcast is unfunded. To date, we have not even run ads that generate an income. At Salt Hill Media, we pride ourselves on spreading positivity in a world that we believe can do with it. If you like what it is that we do, then why not support us? You can do so by going to salthillmedia.com and buy us a coffee. Alternatively, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash the Ireland podcast If you cannot afford to or would prefer not to make a donation you can support us in other ways by encouraging family or friends to listen or you can leave a positive rating on your podcast player and while you're in there why not look up Salt Hill Media to see what other podcasts we are producing which may be of interest Finally you can follow us on your favorite social media channel. We appreciate all of your support. Thank you.